0: Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto. Dr. D, D, hit an intro. Hold up, wait. Gotta be social, network, global, home for the local. Gotta be social, network, global, home for the local. I'd like to kick it off just a little bit about. Where do you see this at right now? What's the state of fitness with influencers and information kind of a high level in your mind?
1: I think it's a great question and it does need to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, influencers have, they've got a lot of power over reaching a lot of people, which is a good thing because they are getting people moving, but obviously it's, uh, it's that what is underneath what they're offering. Mm. what is the quality of what they're offering and can they be trusted when we're doing a workout from home ourselves on our own however on the flip side the challenge is for those of us that do have a formal education within the fitness industry how do we reach those people as well because it's easy to kind of sit back and go oh, damn, you know, the influencers, they've, they've got a hold of everyone and they're reaching them and they're getting them moving, damn, those influencers. They're actually getting them off their chairs and, yeah. and out there and being inspired. So I can kind of see that what I would like is to see more of our trainers and more of our clubs in a way helping the industry grow so that we can have that presence as well on social media, so that we can have that level of education there that people can trust.
0: Yeah. I was actually just discussing this kind of on uh, the other day. It seems to be a common topic. you know. I think it's like, as you said, there's, there's good things, getting people to move and then, but there's other things is that, that humans don't often, at least our current version, I think of humans look underneath the hood too much about these things. So we see the beautiful people, we see the, the joyfulness, the happiness, every, every post is, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, it's beautiful. But there's, I don't think the public understands what's happening behind the scenes for that. We're not asking enough questions. The public isn't asking questions too much, I don't think, at least.
1: And I, I think that that is key, is the questions that we're asking. Yeah. Uh, When we see, you know, six pack after six pack. Yeah, yeah. Don't see the meal they had the next day. (laughs) And the six pack's gone. (laughs) And the the fact that they've actually been in calorie deficit for months beforehand, putting all this hard work in. But now they've got their 132 photographs to take them through (laughs) the season of Instagram. And and they still just scroll through and found someone else who, damn them, has a six pack that's better so that sort of comparison is not a great thing at all and yeah. the information the simple solutions how many times have we seen the five best exercises for and as soon as we see that i'm like well there's there isn't there isn't a
0: five <laughs> best
1: exercises for your bum sorry there's not a five best exercises to get you out of experiencing pain yeah. sorry Um, But I think coming back to your point of questioning, that to me is key because even within the fitness industry and as educators, we need to hold our hands up and we need to keep questioning ourselves. Just because we're an educator, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be open to being questioned. Yes. And I think that that's really important because... I've been in the industry for a long time, mm-hmm. and I have been told, on great authority, <laughs> according to my friend, you know, <laughs> uh, according to this guru, that I should be doing this and that. Yeah. And actually, it took me a very long time to get the confidence to be able to question those gurus yeah. and to question the educators, and so. Yes. I think if we can actually create environment where we are all open to debate, we're all open to being questioned. Yes. Then we can start to move that forward.
0: I agree. And I think on, on the flip side, while the questions we should ask influencers, as you said, the same thing, what are the questions the public should be asking people like us who have a lot of education, have been pretty successful in the business. And one of the things I ask, like, what are we doing that we're not gaining better traction with people? And because we we asked the question, well, why are people listening to these folks, influence, but why should they listen to us also, though? You know.
1: Well, like you said, they offer a, a simple solution mm. and it's the RASP and Mataz, and it's the, you know, yeah. get this, get that. And we know that, that that's always been there, you know. It's always or, been there. It's always been yeah. there. It's not, yeah. I know it's more readily available, but there's always been the story that's kind of got someone going and thinking, oh, I want to be like this person. or I want to be yeah. like that person. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it is a challenge. It is definitely a challenge, but I would like to see more educators talking openly about how they were wrong, you know, hmm. actually making themselves vulnerable and sharing that human side. Yeah. Um, people don't buy education and they don't buy things. They buy a story. They buy yes. into that person. And so I think as educators, we probably need to work harder at being the person that they want to get to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I was also talking to someone the other day, and this was in a different industry. This was in concert photography, but it was kind of like this desire to document oneself all the time. That seems to be what is a, a big part of influencer culture was just constant documentation. But I think that's also kind of what's hard for very educated fitness professionals is sometimes a desire not to do that. And not, there's a weird balancing act. Like, I know I struggle with that. Like, I like to do things socially on the Internet, but I don't want my life out there either. Not because I have anything to hide. I just like there's things I just want, my life shouldn't be open for everyone to see. And sometimes I think what happens with influencer culture is like it's the perception that life is this is my life. And so I think it's just a, it's a weird dance. I know so many people on social media actually don't want to be on there. And they feel like they have to be do it to get big or become viral, you know. Yeah, um, my my children
1: don't want to be on social media. Interesting. They're all back, you know, they they're like, don't put me on there. And I've I've said, oh come on, you know, it'd be great to get you on there, and you know, people can see my daughter training or my yeah. son being through lockdown, and they're like, no way, you know. <laughs> They don't want to be tagged in at all, so I think we might see the reverse of that as well, as people wean themselves off it and they've kind of had enough. And you know, they know that that's not the real world. Mm. It is, you know, different. But we have a lot of reality TV here as well, like Love Island,
0: of Um, course. Yeah, (laughs) and I mean
1: that's amazing because that is the essence of simple story and i i love love island <laughs> because you know where else do you get that where these gorgeous yeah, people yeah. come on to set and they are the people from social media that have never been knocked back in a nightclub you know they are the beautiful people yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden the writers know exactly what they're doing and they then bring on you know this this other goddess or this right. other godlike figure and and all of a sudden this person who has only ever experienced people looking at them, desiring them and life being quite simple in that respect are suddenly knocked back and yeah. and so yeah. they do that on purpose and they're really just manipulating us as the audience to go this is the person that I didn't think I was because hey they're so beautiful but then they see this more beautiful person coming on. So now they go, oh no, that is me, that is me. So now I can relate to this person. And in a way, that's all they're doing. And then creating story, creating drama, creating highs, creating lows. Then they come off and they hit social media and get that following. And so perhaps what we can do is start to think about how we relate to our audience and like you said keep certain things private yeah but also create a character for social media that is quite simple that people can follow but then shares information and gets people moving
0: the character part's interesting to me does do you mean like Is this character your actual self or someone else that you're trying to be?
1: I would say that it's elements of yourself, Mm. but find what it is that, you know, you authentically believe in what's driving you, but then think of your own things that stand in the way,
0: because Mm, as humans,
1: we've always got something that's the polar opposite that is our hurdle to constantly get over. Uh, and keep it simple. I mean, if you look at something like Breaking Bad, I think Walter yeah. White has something like 13 different personas mm. in that. And that's too much for social media. Of course. <laughs> you need one strong characteristic and then a, an opposite because it's the opposite then that you can start to play off. Uh, and this will help our audience engage with us because what the influencers do really well is they're consistent with their message.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is me. This is a six pack. <laughs> this is what I don't eat. This is yeah. my. Six pack. <laughs> this is the tea that I eat, <laughs> and I don't eat anything else. I just drink my yeah. tea. Right.
0: Um,
1: but if we can tap into that character characteristic conflict then we become real within social media. We become vulnerable, but we are informative at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's a fascinating conversation. It's, I have a lot of thoughts running through my head, but I want to go back to what you said admitting that we're wrong, like educators mm-hmm. people in business. I want to talk further about that. Let's dive deeper. Admitting what? that we were wrong about let's get deeper into that
1: well you know uh when you were speaking before and you said that we've been the master of shams for many many years (laughs) completely and we certainly (laughs) have i mean let's face it you know a lot of our fitness industry was built around dead bodies it was then Mm -hmm. built on competing periodization to get rid of drugs out of our body you know there's a lot of things uh rub this part rub that part (laughs) you know uh, and and that's nothing new medicine started same way you know uh, if I put Netflix on and I've put it on four times and it's rained every time I've put it on now Netflix controls the weather no that doesn't work quite like that and you know even in my journey 28 years or whatever um I have definitely done almost anything you could do wrong (laughs) I've done it um and I will still do things wrong again and and not because the science has changed Because the science doesn't change that much. What changes is that ability to ask a question and to improve the question that you're asking. And so it really is always coming back to removing our ego and who's the client, what do they want? You know, with movement, I would say that a movement on its own or an exercise on its own is irrelevant is absolutely useless if you're not thinking about the human being who it's designed for once you know who it's for what their goal is why their goal is important to them so what if they don't achieve that goal once you start to understand the person that you're talking to then your exercise programs have meaning and they have purpose and so constantly going back to what is it they want and what's the best way of helping them achieve that? Not going, well, I've designed this product and uh, this is this great thing and this is the solution for, oh, oh yes, there needs to be a problem here. Uh, yeah. We need to have a tight what's it or rather and then this can drill into it um, and it's got a little Lego piece at the end of it as well and that can drill in and that will solve that problem. But that's not the problem. And so it's a clever solution for a problem that doesn't exist. Hmm. And so what we need to do is to keep going back to who's our client, what's their goal, and what does the research, the balance of research, and as you rightly said, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a cherry-picked paper that yeah. you know, confirms your own bias, uh, but that you're looking at hundreds of papers that you're, you're reading You know, I always say that whatever your bias is, do read the complete opposite. Yes. You know, and and we do have biases and and it is hard to take those away. But we need to read the balance of quality research and then let that start to underpin our answers. You know, I'm not one of the clever ones that has an idea and goes, hey, I've got this brilliant idea and I'm going to go and test it. And then I'm going to get somebody else to retest it. You know, yeah, I—that's yeah. I, not me. Those PhDs, awesome. That take my hat off to that. Um, but it doesn't mean that as educators we can't be critical thinkers, and we can't go away and go right question, what is it? Yeah. Then look at that balance. And as you said, you know, start to look at the filter. First of all, we're going to get information from social media. We're going to get information from YouTube. We're going to get it from um, scientific blogs. We're going to get it from scientists. But we still need to question them. We need to question yeah. what their uh, bias is. And we then need to go in and ask the question. And we need to look at the research. I mean, because I don't have that PhD and you know, I, I, I would never have time to present or train my clients if i couldn't get rid of the papers that weren't any good so i'm no, quickly no. going oh, okay this was done on 12 rats irrelevant <laughs>
0: exactly <Okay. laughs>
1: this one was on <laughs> cockroaches cool i like it i'm gonna read it but i'm probably gonna put that down there so yeah. I'm, I'm always looking at what's my filter what's the level of research that i'm prepared to stand by
0: yeah
1: and i think as educators and anyone um, mm-hmm. you know the level that you'll go by is really going to set your reputation And the one thing that a lot of influencers have is we know they talk absolute utter utter rubbish a lot of the time mm-hmm. and so with that it's kind of trustworthy. you know we know what we're going to expect. The danger for me is when someone quotes a really good paper. And then they quote, according to their experience, or they call out to authority to their, their friend, their important friend. Because now what they've said is, I follow research, but actually in an environment that had no rigor of science to yeah. it whatsoever, uh, I used my evidence, which is what I saw. And that's great, that's still evidence. Right. But it's not the same evidence as the paper that was tested and the papers that you put against the balance of quality research. And so I think that uh, creating that line, that trust, so I call it my line in my sand, and my original line was very poor. I just used to ask my dad, um, what do you think? And he would normally come out with something from the Daily Mail or the Sun, (laughs) Yeah quite a trashy paper over here but it was consistent
0: okay (laughs) that consistency is a big part of it i think and i also wonder like what is the responsibility and the role of organizations like idea or any of these certifying organizations to um, use their power and media to lift up more credentialed people or to even say things like yeah we've been a part of an industry that kind of lies to people about stuff in the past. And we're trying to do better. What's the role of these organizations in this whole influencer culture?
1: There are challenges. And I think we go back to the character characteristic conflicts because we're in business and this, this is where the conflict lies. Correct. Because, uh, Sometimes the people that pay well are the people that have a product to sell that may not necessarily be the one that when we look at the research is what we would use or a, or a technique. So I'm not I'm not saying anything specific. And so that's challenging, because if you need to you know, expand your business, you need people to invest in your business. But what I would like to see is definitely perhaps that opening up and that ability to debate, get lots of people with lots of different thought processes in. And so then we can start to say, well, you know, what is it that underpins your opinion here? And what is it that underpins your opinion? Um, And be humble enough that if we're wrong, we change.
0: Yeah, that's hard for people. People don't like like admitting they're wrong. Like it's a, like a real difficult thing throughout the history of humans is admitting that we were not right about this. I mean, how many examples do you see of people actually admitting like publicly, I was wrong. We were wrong. And I mean, you don't see it that often, you
1: know? No, I hate admitting I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see? <laughs>
1: um and you know a, a real pivotal point for me was when I, I literally had been to lots of different educators I was very fortunate in what I did to be able to be exposed to lots of different education companies and one of the courses I did I was really super excited about it because it it gave me this feeling of being a mini Jesus uh, all of a sudden I was fixing people people mm-hmm. were coming to can't move my arm and I, I do these things. And then suddenly, like, whoa, they got this great amount of range. And, um, you know, and all of a sudden they would tell people, they would tell people. And I had a waiting list. And I, at the time, I was using this little spoon because I was waiting for my actual technique uh, tool to come along. And I was spooning everyone in Wimbledon. Yeah. And life was good, you know, it was great. And then I got a phone call from this company faster. And um, the founder of Fastest said to me, oh, you know that course? We were wrong. And do you know what? It wasn't the fact that he said it was wrong. First of all, I kind of went, oh, that's another two grand down the drain. I'll just go and do the next course because I want to be ahead and, and learn. The worst thing was, is he said, no, no, no. I want you to come back on the course for free because we want to help you be the best. And it was our mistake. Uh, We didn't ask the right questions. But he said to me, you've been in the industry for a long time and you shouldn't trust me. And I want you to have the tools to question me. And nobody had ever said that to me before. Wow. And I would like to say that from that moment, I questioned him, but that would have been too easy or too hard, should I say it was actually too hard because it meant that I had to let go of my gurus. It meant that, you know, I had to give up the time that I was watching Netflix and teach myself to look at research papers and, and ask questions and improve my critical thinking. I was an actress. So right. my, my degree was dressing up and going out in the streets and that sounds wrong. Um,
0: <laughs> you can't take that back, Joanne. <laughs> oh
1: no, as a character. As a
0: character. <laughs>
1: as a character. Um, And, you know, I mean, it was really useful because I was aware of biomechanics. I was aware of posture. I was aware of I had to be someone. So if I wanted to be really confident, I would make my posture look confident. And if I was, um, you know, if I was shy, I would create that body shape that matched it. And so I was really in tune with mood and uh, being responsive to the person in front of me. But the critical thinking, no. No. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy, but it was definitely the best thing I've ever done.
0: Yeah. Actually, I think we have a critical thinking problem in our world at this point. You know, we are just a very headline based world and we read something and we don't. Read, and, and now we, we tell people this will take three minutes to read. This will take seven minutes to read. Because we're like, well, you're probably not going to read this if we don't tell you it's short to read. And we also know you really don't have good digital research literacy. So we got to make this interesting in the headline so that you'll even think about clicking on it to even possibly look at it. And so they critically think about why are we trusting influencers? Why would we trust educated professionals? i think it always goes back we're just not asking the questions at all with people we're just like ingesting something and we're not asking what's inside what's in the product we're we're eating something that we have no clue what's in it all the time and we're like and it's it's okay you know people go it's okay i like it this and it's also appealing to people's desire especially online stuff to like look good feel good i want your life I want that type of situation. I want your money. I want this. Like, and I think sometimes people are really, some people are really great at pulling people in to that. They go, I know you want this. Don't you want this? You want this, you know? And I think we struggle sometimes with questioning that because this other thing kicks in for us to yeah, I do want that. I do want that. And you just won't question it, you know?
1: Yeah. And so that is our challenge as educators, how we interject with that. And I think uh, that's where really story, I think,
0: helps. And the story too is, I've had a lot of scientists on here too, is there needs to be a shift in my mind in scientists of any background, whether you're talking about uh, astronomy, exercise, uh, wildlife. Scientists often have this... Um, aesthetic issue or this presentation issue of kind of the stuffy scientists writing research papers not relatable to people who are living daily lives living in kind of the ivory tower of academia I mean I know I've been in it and the, the academic environment I grew up in I got my doctorate in was filled with people who are not relatable to everyday people they're just not so, this story is not, you talked about a story, the academic story is not relatable to most humans who have PhDs, or higher education. But the story of trying to get six pack abs, you know, uh, trying to lose weight, whatever it is, is so relatable to most humans because the desire is relatable to a lot of humans, you know?
1: And it's, it seems easier
0: as it well. It does.
1: You know? And it it interests me as well the the scientists that are absolutely smashing it on TikTok. And you say three minutes for a read, and they're actually like, (laughs) we're talking four seconds. You know, (laughs) we're talking, talking, you've got to smash that topic in 15 seconds max. I think the average time is seven seconds. And that's crazy. You know, Um, but there are, scientists now that are doing well there and can then go and follow them and you can then go and look at their youtube channel and then you can go and check their research papers how many people will do that i don't know
0: i don't know but what does that say about us that we need stuff in seven seconds you know (laughs) like or we have like what does it say about humans that we we have to keep packaging this and shorter and shorter time spans and that it has to be put in such a way or else we just won't pay attention to it you know
1: maybe that goes back to you know is there a danger is that tiger gonna eat me (laughs)
0: yeah i don't know like Um, where's this all headed joanne you know like i think about this a lot and like I feel like there's an end game here and, and not not like be, being over, over, but like there's a transition game that I think may be happening. And I think your kids know it and kids who are younger. They sense it. Like you said, they say, this isn't real. This is not real life. It's the people your age, my age, and like, who haven't gotten to it yet. They're like, Oh yes, yeah, But I feel like the young, young people, they're like, this is bullshit. Like they're calling bullshit on it. They're like, we're not getting on this stuff. And I feel like that something's happening. I feel it with that, you know?
1: Yeah. I think only time is gonna tell yeah. on that. But I think um, if we can help more certified trainers yeah. have that ability currently to have a following on social media, yeah, at least we're raising the standard and the content that yeah. is I think that would be a useful
0: start. And that's why I think like the large organizations, it might be a good experiment to take, you know, people who may be really well credentialed or very educated and they're great at their job and try to lift those people up and say, we're going to make you a larger influencer for lack of a better word in that to help kind of combat what's going on uh, with that. I just don't know that like, I don't see that happening though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see the organizations like, okay, we're going to take these 10 people on this committee and we're going to make them like big time influencers because we need to combat this. I don't know that they're interested in that, you know?
1: And the, like you said, you know, it's that it isn't real. And, you know, some people do see through that and they will search harder than just looking at those
0: yeah, Five
1: exercises for glutes, that
0: annoys you. <laughs> and, 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 that clearly annoys you. <laughs> I don't like it either, by the There
1: is no one best exercise for, if that's the only thing you get from today. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's no best, no, no. It's, it's crazy. You know, it's like, I grew up in a time where it's like, I don't know if you remember this, all the late night fitness infomercials and stuff. Yeah. And it's all so ridiculous. It's really ridiculous but for some reason it so it it takes in this desire that people have to want to look better feel better and do anything to achieve a result there's like the ethics be damned of it you know the carnage be damned whatever happens happens i need to look this way i need to feel this way you know and and we've promoted that in our ads an industry we have been a horrible a contributor to that for a long time I feel like we need to just we need to get rid of that element you know
1: yeah I think there's still a lot of a lot of <laughs> that need to stand up and go you know what that <laughs> is perhaps not the best way of going yeah the ab cruncher do you remember the ab cruncher I do
0: remember the ab cruncher yes shake weight yeah. how about the shake weight <laughs>
1: well you, you I I am seen just so that I, I use the core momentum trainer which uh-huh. is shake weight. Yeah. Um, if people are trying to uh throw an insult without reading <laughs> research on why I use it, they'll go, oh that's you got shake weight. I'm like, you clearly never used it because the shake <laughs> is like this size um, and has nothing in it. Whereas the, the the core momentum trainer, it used to be called a caustic, but yeah. to be fair, um, a loading tool is a loading tool. And if you understand yeah. biomechanics yeah. and you understand the skill that you're trying to improve, sure. you can do anything to load you can.
0: it. can, but you know what's uh, weird is the, is the, it's the how it's presented. I, I'm a big proponent of like how things are presented. And yeah. the presentation is everything, how it's delivered to you. It's everything from how you grow up. How did your parents present XYZ topic to you? How did you know your brother, sister present X, Y, Z? How did your professor, do, how did your spouse, whatever? And the fitness industry, I think, you're right. If it's loaded and you can move it and you can use different planes of motion, fine. It's fine. You can use a milk jug. You can use a box. It doesn't matter. But when Have you,
1: you sell- through lockdown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but if you sell something that, you know, it looks like somebody's doing something weird, maybe sexual, they <laughs> like it. They they, they're not stupid. They know that that appeals to people and it's the presentation of things. And I think the fitness industry has a presentation problem a lot of the times.
1: Absolutely. One hundred percent. It's just reminded me of the the thigh squeezers. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I remember with uh. wow, man, I can't remember the lady's name, but man, she you know, people get in. They make a ton of money and they get out of it, you know, and then the next thing comes together. It's almost then, like the fitness industry is a Ponzi scheme, on some way, in many ways, you know.
1: And I think, you know, it's not always about someone wanting to make a quick buck.
0: Thigh Master, by the way, that's what. I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thigh Master, that's the one. Thigh
0: Master yeah. Suzanne Somers.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and so, you know, and, and I do believe that a lot of people do get into it because they want to help, yeah. and yeah. they see people, you know, that maybe are suffering or aren't. Yeah. aren't you know sort of comfortable in exercise or you know it's it's foreign to them and they want to mm-hmm. make it easier i believe that sometimes the there is goodwill there uh, just sometimes a little bit misguided i mean the yeah. the core momentum trainer i was talking about it took seven years to design yeah and yeah. it took that long because they wanted to make sure that the lead pellets inside the core you yeah. spun round to hit exactly the right point yeah um, and that was more for sort of physiotherapy world. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like you said, you can apply any bit of loading. Yeah. And biomechanics.
0: Now, why don't we have, co- like, we have commercials out, you know, whether it's Peloton, whether it's tonal, whether, I mean, you pick something and I always think like, why isn't there a commercial that says X, ex- the exercise or getting started to move move is, is hard. It's like, really, it's difficult. Like, we understand there's a lot of obstacles in your way and biologically and anthropologically what we're doing doesn't make a lot of sense when we look at that our, our history but we do need to take care of our bodies like there's no message about that it's like the most beautiful people are always in a commercial peloton always it's always in like the nicest house you've ever seen <laughs> with all glass windows like I I used to run a luxury club and, and all the houses looked like that but most people don't have houses like that you know yeah. it's like the it's the presentation the messaging is like you're beautiful if you're beautiful you have a lot of money you know you you can have this <laughs> like you can on Christmas morning you can wake up and do a Peloton workout okay no most people aren't doing that by the way <laughs> like they ain't doing that that's not realistic you know, I like, like the little weights on the top
1: though. Yeah.
0: So uh, <laughs> it's got a messaging problem. It's like that's not real life for like the majority of humans. It's yeah. real life for a very tiny segment of humans that already love exercise a lot. Yeah. And they're catering to that. But if you want to change the planet, the messaging has to change completely on that. But once you get into business and you're you have shareholders and you you, you know. Businesses, like you said, we're in business. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> the sense, you know.
1: Yeah, and and because the those that are marketing the business, they want you to nail it down to a simple product, to That's a brand. Right. You know, and so that doesn't have room for the questioning all the time. Mm. Not so easy to wrap up bottle and sell. It's yes. not a as you as you said i think it's interesting when you talk about um getting people to exercise and you know it's hard uh, but in the same light i do believe you can make it fun
0: yeah Uh, no it's just like the starting is hard for people it's like hey getting started is hard anything i mean you may want to like start a puzzle. And you're like, the puzzle is just sitting in a corner forever. (laughs) You know, you're like unopened. Starting anything is hard. Just the acknowledgement of like starting something, even like this is hard to do, you know, like it's okay to admit that, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the training session, when you go for your very first training session from the prospect of the personal trainer, if you can make that training session, one that makes someone feel fantastic and they don't quite know why but you've created yeah. a, an emotional journey the and, emotion yes yeah they come out like they've just been to the cinema and they go do you mm-hmm. know what I expected this that and that I felt great and then yeah. I feel brilliant the next day or two days later but that's an art you know it's an that art. the trainer to know the person in front of them to make sure they're matching how they want to feel in the session through energy systems, how they want to feel after that session, the biomechanics that they choose, sure. the exercises, the movement, you know, with the selection of exercise in, in the right order. That's all going to create the experience. And it's the experience that's going to bring them back.
0: It's totally the experience. And I think this plays as we kind of get towards the end here, just we'll throw this in like the acting aspect in your background. I often think, my own personal opinion, is uh, the exercise, the order, the progression to everything, that's very important. But it's the performance, the actual person's performance as a human in the session. As we're often a lot of trainers have difficulty, they don't often see it as like, this is a performance you're having. It's like, well, I'm good at the exercise. Yeah, but if you're good at the exercise, but you're not good at the actual intrapersonal performance with another human almost is irrelevant in many ways, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I do improv and I do it every yeah. week and I do it because it keeps me sharp. That's right. On listening and responding yes. to something and those sorts of skills with a client are essential. Yes. And, you know, they might have a challenge. They, everybody has a different area that's their challenge. And so when they come in, it's almost like it is the story because you're setting the scene. Yes, you're, yeah. you're giving them the anticipation for the yeah, workout. Yeah. You know, you make them feel good. You give them you give them what they want. And then it's like any good movie, L at the beginning of Legally Blonde, she's happy. She's Queen B. She's got a boyfriend. And then he dumps her and she's off to Harvard. And so it's at that point that you have to slam them And, and, and that's when you create that debate. And that's when we get to use our skills as trainers at changing the experience. So they might well be, they might well be tired, you know, they might well be, um, you know, but you get to change that experience Mm -hmm. because you can help their cognition. You can help the action they they take from that emotion. And then, you know, you, you take them out at the end of that and you replay what they did at the beginning and they're so yeah. much better, you know, and they, and at the end of the day, they'll judge us. They will, they will judge us on how we made them feel.
0: Yes, I mean, that's a great way to end it. That's true, that's so true. Well, Joanne, what a good talk about a variety of things and the business, I mean, I don't, every once in a while, I would like to have this big talk about, about our industry and it's good, I feel like it's good that we have looked at kind of both sides of the equation. And how often do you question your own self? People like us, we're questioning us. Like, what are we doing? Why are we, yeah. you know? And I think that's positive and hopefully it's a good um, example to others. So thank you, Joanne. It's evening time where you're at. Morning, I still much. have more work to do. I still have more <laughs> work to, you got something else to do too, I know you were saying. I so. have,
1: yes, it's been lovely to chat. Thank you yes. for having me
0: on. You got it. We'll be in touch, Joanne. All right.
1: Okay. Take care. Bye.
0: Right, bye.